Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm trying to hook up with the Facebook audience tonight, and we're having some difficulty with it, but that's all right. We're going to go press on anyway. Um, tonight, we come to the end of our series that we have entitled The Crisis at Corinth. And this has been a long and engaging yet fruitful uh, series. And if you want to know the truth, uh, I'm like a horse that has um, that smells water. Been in the out in the field a long time and he finally smells water and sees the barn and knows that in the barn there's some hay and some sweet oats just waiting for me. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, this session, but I'm glad we uh, that we made it to the end of it. So what we want to do tonight is we want to have a word of prayer. We want to go through Chapter 16. I'll do a little review. I'll answer any questions that come up. And then um, we'll make a couple of announcements concerning uh, what we're doing. I, I might as well get those out of the way. Um, for the next two weeks, for the next two weeks, um, I'm going to take vacation. Just take, get a little rest um, and prepare for the summer series. And the summer series is going to be a series of topical teachings based upon some things that you guys have asked for. Uh, so far, there have been three requests. Uh, I'll probably go seven weeks of topical things, and then we'll go right back into our book studies uh, in the fall. But in any event, um, that's the plan. And so I pray that you guys, because uh, I know that some of you guys are going to be taking vacations and all that kind of good stuff, and that's great. Um, I'm going to take a week couple, too. So anyway, let's have a word of prayer, and then let's dive into uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. To say that we are weary is an understatement, but you have been faithful. Every week you've shown up, and you've walked us through this, this journey through Paul's letters to the Corinthians. And we thank God for your leadership. We bless you and we praise you for your leadership. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for making things clear and, and understandable to us. Now, Father, we would pray that we would complete our journey tonight in chapter 16. And then, Father, give us the strength to give a, a brief summary of all of the things that, that we've learned. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's immediately turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And I will begin reading at verse 1. Uh, last week, and we, we came out of last week, and we had to really, really fight not to preach. Last week we dealt with the resurrection. Actually, for the last two weeks, we dealt with the resurrection and the reality of the resurrection. Not just the reality, but 
um, we asked what our response was to it because we talked about our own personal faith, what we believe in, why we do what we do, why we live like we live. And it is because of the promise that Jesus gave us that he's coming back again. And so often we forget that. I mean, we live like, you know, okay, I'm going to live till I die. But some of us might not die because no man knoweth the day nor the hour when the Son of Man shall appear, only the Father. And so knowing that we got to live like any minute, we're getting on a plane or, or getting on a boat here. Amen? So that's what we covered for the past two weeks. Now I want to finish this last chapter, and we'll begin our reading at... Um, Verse 1, chapter 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Now, before we get all off into offerings and everything, I want to connect this this whole chapter with uh, the, the previous 15 chapters. And one of the things that, you, that you're going to see is that Paul is striving for unity and he's striving for oneness. And this uh, instruction for the collection is a part of him unifying uh, and connecting the church at Corinth with the universal church of Christ with saints everywhere. And he is doing this by, by saying to them that um, what we want you to do is we want you to be supportive of others. We want you to um, participate in the support of the saints, specifically in Jerusalem. Now, I believe it's over in Romans where he talks about um, the, the, just like the word came to you and it was given to you, you should also share with others. And the saints in Jerusalem, the poor saints in Jerusalem, we believe at that time, were experiencing some persecution. Um, I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you are a Jew and you um, have a faith in Christ, you are excommunicated from the synagogue. You are excommunicated from the Jewish community. You have no more support from them. And it becomes difficult for you to get a job. It becomes difficult for you, uh, impossible for you to transact any business with another Jew. And uh, you are no longer a part of their family and in many instances, or in most instances, actually, um, 
by being by by accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior and being a member of the Jewish faith, uh, you were excommunicated from your family. Your family wanted nothing to do with you. You were dead to them. And so when we when you look at this, you you see the persecution from uh, the synagogue, the persecution that took place under the Roman government because they were you know they were they drove uh, Jews out of um, uh, of Jerusalem uh, during that time because they said they were they were rabble rousers, and so Paul has uh, has made it his business to take up a collection for the saints. Um, let me look at my notes real quick. Uh, Galatians 2 and 18, where uh, in Galatians where he talks about, um, let me get there real quick, where he, where, he, where he makes mention of the Jerusalem council. And you can go back to the Acts, and I think it's around Acts chapter 16, but I just want to read uh, verses 9 and 10 of uh Galatians chapter 2, it says, And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. And so what he's doing here is he is fulfilling um his his uh, uh, word to them, saying that you know what we will remember the poor, and so they're taking up a collection for the poor. Now, oftentimes in the Christian church, we um we take up we we're we're focused in on supporting our own Christian community, and I know that there's a lot of pressure on the church today in terms of tithing and offering, but one of the and a lot of churches are doing a good job. A lot of churches are doing a good job um, trying to minister to the poor. And what this, well, a lot of them say, you know, I've heard it taught that this is, we should lay aside something to give to the church on the first day. Well, that's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about making sure that we as individuals lay aside something that we will put into the church on that we give to the church specifically that is designated to support the poor. That's what that is. And do our support for the poor that are um, in our congregation as well as outside of our congregation, we connect ourselves to the body of Christ. And this is the poor that we're talking about here are the poor saints. Now, it's it's great that we try to um, supplement uh, what the world is doing for the poor, but our first obligation are to those who are within the household of faith. Does it say that you know we see somebody on the street and we um, and we see that they're lacking, they're in lack, and we just say, well, you ain't a member of the church, so, you know, no, we can't do nothing. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying here. That is not what we're saying at all. As a matter of fact, um, as much as we can give, we should. We should always be about the business of being a blessing. 
but specifically what we want to make sure that we do is that we always, always remember the poor. And this is, you know, in Jewish faith, it's almsgiving. Uh, we, are, we are blessed to bless. We are blessed to bless. And that's the principle that he's, that he's doing. If you notice, uh, let me just back up just a second. In chapter 15 with the resurrection, what is he doing? He is connecting them to the church, the church who will be taken, taken out of this world. Now he's connecting them again to each other. He's unifying. And that's, 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 that's what this chapter is all about, bringing them back to a point where they are operating in oneness with the body. Amen? So now, and again, according to how God prospers you. It's according to how God prospers you. Okay, let's go to verse 5. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord, as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now, so first he connects them with the church universal. Now he's connecting them with the mission. He wants unity all throughout. And so the first thing he says is, look, I want, I'm, I'm trying to get to you, but I don't want to just run in and run out. Instead, I want to spend some time with you. Does this sound like a, a man who's hostile? Or does it sound like a you know? Because they, there's, there's some hostility that's coming in his direction, and there's some attitude coming back from Paul because it's an attitude of disappointment. It's an attitude where, you know what, it's weeds in my yard, and I didn't plant weeds, and now i got to go in here, and i got to get these weeds out of here. It's an attitude that says that I love you and I want the best for you and I'm trying to to make sure that, that nothing bad happens to you, that you stay on the right path. And so he says, I want to spend I, I want to spend some time with you. I don't want to just run in and run out. That's the first thing he says. And then he says, and when I get there, I'm going to I want you to continue to participate in Mission. I want you to be mission-minded, so I'm going to need your help. You can help me in mission. And not only can you help me, but I need you to help Timothy when he comes. You see what's going on here? It's not, they can get mad at each other and get a divorce. No, Paul's, not, Paul's upset, but it's not to a, a thing where he's trying to, to push them away. He's trying to draw them closer and trying to re, uh, reconnect them to mission. One of the things that, that I believe has happened in the church today is that we are either disconnected or 
We got a bad fit with our understanding of mission. Um, so oftentimes, you know, when we talk about mission, foreign missions, for example, um, we, 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 get a, we get an attitude with, that's there. We got nothing to do with that. Um, and then local mission, uh, sometimes we get kind of, I don't want to do that, or I'll give them a quarter, or I'll give them a nickel or something like that every now and then. No, we have to be strategic. We have to be purposeful. We have to engage in foreign missions because foreign missions to the uttermost part of the world. Local missions to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. So we have to be, we, we have, a, we have a, a message that has to be near and far, and we have a message or a mission that's going to take us globally. Now, we can't be so global-minded that we forget what we need to do locally, and we can't be so locally-minded that we forget what we need to do from a, uh, from a global standpoint. But it needs balance. And by the way, everybody's not called to foreign missions. Everybody's not called to local missions. Um, there are some people, I, I know one young man who, when preaching in the church, no. But when we would turn him loose on the street, oh my goodness, it was like that was his calling, that street ministry. Now, me on the street, I'm all right, but, you know, because I'm a, a kind of an inside person, um, eh, you know, uh, I, I do better on the inside than outside, let's put it that way. Now, so we need to be aware, we need to be connected. Uh, this is our connection, again, our giving is a connection to the, to the, to the universal body of Christ. Our mission is a connection to the universal body of Christ. And when we participate in missions, what are we doing? We are advancing the kingdom of God. Amen? So, again, connection, connection. Now we get to verse 12. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. There he is. That, that wraps it all up. First of all, let's deal with Apollos. You know, it was up, he was urging Apollos to come because he knew that they needed more instruction. He's tied up over in Ephesus. Remember the line that he gave, a door of opportunity is open. He's over, and, and, but there's opposition. He is over there wrestling and fighting to advance the kingdom. And he cannot go back, get back to Corinth and lead this fight and lead this advancement that he is receiving in Ephesus. So he says, well, if Apollos could get over there and help, let Apollos get over there. And it further shows that there was no jealousy or, 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 or rivalry between Paul and Apollos. Paul was the type of guy that says, all hands on deck, let's advance the kingdom of God. 
That's what he was doing. He's all hands on deck. Let's advance the kingdom of God. That was what he was all about. He was all about spreading the message. And that's what we should be all about. Well, there shouldn't be any rivalries between churches and pastors. No. We got a job to do, and the only enemy that we have is Satan and his forces. That's who we fight. We don't fight against each other. You see what was happening in the church at Corinth, all that division? And he said, nope, 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 that's not happening here. Uh, I urged him to come. He couldn't come right now. But I urged him, as soon as you get a chance, get over the court. Amen? And then he says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. That's the summary of everything. That one verse, verse 13, summarizes the entire book. He wants them to be strengthened in the faith. Strengthened in the faith. What does that mean? I want you to be strengthened in that which which was revealed that God persuaded you to believe in. What is that? That Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, and that on the third day he rose, and that he's coming back again. And he left us with the command to go and spread the gospel, make disciples, baptize, and make disciples. That, that's the mission. Verse 15, now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Acacia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these and to every fellow worker and laborer. What does that mean? That means get yourself in order with those who labor. Now that word subject or submit that you'll see in the Bible, this basically means put yourself in order under. Put yourself in order with. Get in the proper position for those who are laborers. Think about it. Um, uh, one of the pastors that I was under, he used to say, you get you a row and hoe, meaning get, get, find a row, find your place in the body, wherever you're assigned. Get yourself in order and take to that row and either harvest it or prune it or whatever the Lord tells you to do, but work that row. What does it mean to us today? Work the gift that God has given us. Work the gift that God has given you. Whatever God has placed you, whatever he's gifted you with, work it. Work it. Work it in order. Make sure that you're within the household of faith, that you're operating decent and in order at all times. That's important. That is important, and it goes back to our earlier teaching. Be, I mean, verse 16, be subject to such as these and to every, every fellow worker and laborer. Be in unity with them. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Acacius because they have made up for your absence, for they refresh my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such men. We call it giving honor to whom honor is due. The churches of Asia send you greetings. That connection again, here's that unity again. 
The churches of Asia send you greeting. I'm at verse 19. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Be welcoming. Be welcoming. Be welcoming. Don't not, you know, sometimes, I mean, especially people like me, I really have to work on my face. I've been kind of telling them, I noticed it, I've watched some of the videos, and I said, I always look mean. I don't look like a very welcoming fellow. I really got to practice smiling more because I, I know I'm very serious about teaching, but I always look like I'm grumpy, and I'm really not. I'm really a kind of happy-go-lucky guy, I think. We'll find out in time. But we have to be welcoming to one another. You know what a wonderful blessing it is to come into the church, and now we've got greeters in the church, but do you realize what a wonderful feeling it is to come into the household of faith and have somebody reach out and say, hey, I missed you, or hey, it's good to see you, and just hug you without being told? Do you realize how wonderful that is to know that you're in a place where you're accepted and you're wanted? Do you realize how many people um, go through life and never feel wanted by anyone? They feel like the only reason that they want me here is because they want my money. Or the only reason they want me here is because I do something for them. Or the only reason they want me here is because... I can do this or I can do that or I can do the other. No. When you come into the household of faith and somebody just glad to see you for you, that's what he's saying. Greet one another with the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let it be a curse. If you don't love God, you understand. You don't have the love that makes you fall to your knees and ask him into your heart. Our Lord, come. That's where you get that word, Maranatha. He's, 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 he's one of them things that, hurry up, Jesus. He is, he's reminding us, even at the end, that Jesus will come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. God's favor be upon you. My commitment and the commitment of Christ. That's what love is. Love is being committed to one. My commitment and the love of Jesus, the commitment of God, Jesus Christ himself, be with you. Boy, this has been a long road. And he ends it by trying to unify the church. As they say, bringing them all together in love. Now, this chapter that we just did, Collection for the Saints, Engaging in Mission, learning to work side by side with each other workers, 
also giving them the respect and esteem that, that they are due. Um, and then finally, his own love extended toward them. That is meant to settle the crisis at Corinth. It's been a long journey. This has been a long journey. What did we learn? Well, we learned that knowledge and wisdom is good, but it needs to come from above. We need to operate with the wisdom and knowledge of God. The wisdom of man will only take you so far. The, the knowledge of man will only take you so far. But when you are dealing with spiritual beings, when you're dealing with spiritual things, then you need godly wisdom, you need godly knowledge, and it can only come from God. Then we talked about what happens when we operate in our own man-made wisdom. We get division. We get division, we get um, cliques, and look around the churches today. A lot of them are cliques. A lot of them are going through division. Why? Because they're not submitting themselves and not asking for the wisdom of God, but instead they're operating on the wisdom of man. They see some guy that comes in or some lady who has attained things in the world, who has degrees from the world, those people come into the church and all of a sudden we forget God and we say they know because they've been to somebody's school or they know because they're corporate VPs or they own their own company or whatever. That don't qualify you to run nothing in the church. That qualifies you to operate in the world, period to do the things of God, to lead in the household of faith, to operate within the household of faith, you need the Spirit of God who will impart to you the wisdom and knowledge of God. And if you don't have that, then, and, and, and you allow the, and you allow worldly wisdom to penetrate and operate and, and lead your church, you're going to have division, you're going to have cliques, you're going to have clans, you're going to have a mess. At best, what you're going to have, you have a club, you have a fraternity, but it, it will never be the household of faith. Discipline is necessary. Just because you're free in Christ and just because you're saved and sanctified and your salvation is assured because of what Jesus did, does not mean that you come up in the church doing any old kind of thing any old kind of way. No. Church discipline and order is necessary. Church discipline and order is necessary. And hopefully you have within the body of Christ, and God has been there, elders, ministers, laborers who have the knowledge and the wisdom from above who can in love impart that discipline. Did you notice I said in love impart that discipline? Spiritual gifts. We went through that. We spent weeks on that. And again, I say that spiritual gifts are a necessity. 
successively within the household of faith. But even they must be operated decently and in order. We spend a lot of time talking about tongues. and I know some of you might walk away thinking that he just don't like tongues. No, not true. Not true at all. It is the tongues are a gift from the Holy Spirit. Tongues come from God. Tongues are good. What's bad about tongues is what a they're they're not they don't, they they're not in operation properly. That there's no interpretation. Um, that 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 people don't understand that tongues don't edify the body. Tongues edify the individual. And so when you don't have the right understanding, then you, you do the wrong thing and you create confusion. Any gift, and again, when I don't care what your gift is, when your gift is magnified above Christ or magnified above another man, that gift is out of order. The preacher who has the gift, if you worship that gifted preacher, you're not worshiping God. That word that that preacher gets, that word coming from God, you worship God, not a man. And you don't put no man up on a pedestal. As much as as hard as I try to treat, don't even try to put me on no pedestal. Because everything that I give you comes from God. And you can get it yourself if you get in that book like I have to. Um, finally, we get to that. We cover the resurrection or the second coming of Christ. That's so important. That's our hope. That's what we live for. That's what. That's why we ain't scared to die, because we know that death is just a comma, not a period, and that one day we're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. That's our hope, and that's why we. Do what we do. That's why we keep on keeping on. That's why we're not weary and well-doing do, well because in due season we will reap if we faint not. That's why we are being strong in the faith that we will equip ourselves as men and women of God, that having done all, we will stand. Amen? Receive God's blessing, but he'll bless others. That's our teaching tonight, and I, I recognize that right now that um, we have some difficult technical difficulties and that this is just recording and will be posted on Facebook at, at a later date. So I'm just going to end this with prayer, and I can't answer any questions, but if you inbox me or ask me something on Facebook, um, then I will uh, I'll, um, I'll respond to it. But remember, but remember, we still We're not going to eat our brothers. We're not going to fight our brothers. We're going to fight the devil. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We bless you and we praise you. Father, I pray tonight is that this final chapter, Work has not been in vain. But instead, it's achievable. 
Thank you, and we praise you for reordering and pointing out the areas that we are messing up in in the body of Christ. We give you all honor. We give you all praise. We give you all praise. In Jesus' name. And with that, we'll call it a night. Remember, for the next two Wednesday nights, and I'll post this live. I'll post this. I'll do some live posts on this. Um, that I'm going to take some time to rest and recuperate before we start our summer topical series. Be blessed and have a wonderful evening. This has been Pastor Winston Burns, and you have been with the Word on.